joy for Ukrainian families riding out the war in a bunker. A little girl singing Let It Go, theme song from the movie Frozen, to the delight of other children and grown-ups. The video is making the rounds on Twitter. S&P futures are down 16. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Auto Parts has what you need to keep your engine performing at its best. Our professional parts people will help you select the right products for your vehicle and your budget. Like five quarts of Castrol GTX conventional oil and a microguard filter, just $28.99. Save money on your next oil change. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Ray Magliozzi here. I don't know about you, but my car could use a few upgrades. I mean, the 8-inch tear in the driver's seat does have sentimental value since my butt has molded to fit it, but I'm ready to move on. My solution? eBay Motors. They've got all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them, from seat covers to whole new seats. When I get that new seat, I think I'll put the old one in the living room, right next to the minivan seats, or as we call it, the sectional. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Lawmakers in California are trying to get rid of the only law in the country that lets voters veto public housing projects. The law started in 1950 as a way to keep black families out of white neighborhoods. So far, the proposal has no formal opposition, but there's also no campaign to promote or explain it to voters. Still, most officials agree this law should be repealed, not just for its racist roots, but because the housing market is out of control. The average price for a single-family home right now in California is nearly $800,000. Lawmakers have till June 30th to decide whether to put this repeal effort on this year's ballot or wait till 2024. Monica Ricks, CBS News. A Ukrainian bakery in Texas has raised $72,000 for Ukraine in just three days. The owner of Lake at Cheesecakes is from Ukraine. Her family still lives there. She says that if she could, she'd go back and fight on the front lines. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. So the dream was to build your very own law practice, be your own boss, call all the shots. But have things like billing, HR, timekeeping, and all the other management stuff turned your dream into a nightmare? Take charge of your practice with Lexicon. We're the intersection of practice management software and legal support services for your firm. You'll get more billable and livable hours back. Lexicon marks the spot for all your practice management needs. Visit lexiconservices.com intersection to get the whole story or schedule a demo. You could unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash-out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you could unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started. Rocket. Rates current as a 12-12-21. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Over 3030. Call 800-490-1233 for disclosures and cost information. Pickcock Glass is your go-to option for every glass need you can think of. 
Located in Nelsonville, Pidcock Glass specializes in residential homes and businesses with screening services, insulated units, mirrors, tabletops, as well as glass and window replacements too. Pidcock Glass professionals have over 100 years of combined experience and offer you the best options available to suit your needs in the Hawking Hills, Athens, Logan, and Hawking area. For more information, visit their website, pidcockglass.com. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Friday cars, afternoons cars, at 106 cars, on 970 cars, WATH cars, and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work-study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ohio Health, you can see your doctor here, there, or anywhere. Whether it's in person. Hi there. How are you feeling today? Or at home. Hi there. How are you doing? At one of our 200-plus care sites across the state. All right, let's take a look. Or on your tablet, smartphone, or computer. So when did this problem start? You'll feel good knowing Ohio Health provides the finest care anywhere. Schedule care today at ohiohealth.com slash finest care. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. At Pizza Cottage, they always use the finest ingredients, treat their customers and employees like family, and always give back to the community. From pizzas to subs, wings to pasta, they have everything for your family to enjoy. You can also book their party rooms and their food trip. Pizza Cottage has a new location at 951 East State Street for dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through door. So visit them today or visit their website, www.pizza-cottage.com. I-N-E-P-T, Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. And this week we're coming to you from Flushing, the side of the toilet bowl game, which is coming up, and Coach Art Turf has joined us. Uh, Coach, we're in a little bit different setting this week, but uh, I know you're 
happy to be here and happy to be in a postseason game. Well, that's right. Not only that, we're glad to be playing in a bowl game because, you know, we always feel like bowl games is a reward for everybody in the program. All the players what worked hard all through the season, all the coaches what worked hard and did a fine job through the season, the folks that uh, cheered for us, uh, folks what was in the marching band for us, folks was in the office. This is a reward for everybody for all their fine work during the season. Coach, we were a little bit concerned about your traveling uh, party getting here a bit late for the ball game. Did you have some problems along the way? Well, that's right. You know, I guess that comes with uh, having such old transportation coming in that 19 and 37 Packard of ours. You know, we was ready. We was ready to leave. Our, our ace mechanic, Wrench Romar, he did a real fine job getting it ready, but we did break down a couple of times on the way. But I do want to point out that we seized the situation. We took advantage of it. Every time we broke down, we set the boys over to the side of the road practicing. So we ready to practice, practice, practice. We done a lot of practicing on the way over here, and we are ready to play this ball game. So even though you were late getting here you didn't miss any practice time en route we didn't miss any practice time what we missed was the press luncheon and i'll be back with coach turf right after we pause for this message and the art turf show is proudly sponsored by flathead and phillips screws coach you mentioned that the bowl trip is a reward for everybody who's worked hard on the program this year i i guess your bowl philosophy would be for everyone to come up here and have a good time. Well, that's right. That's the whole idea behind it. Uh, we just want the boys to have fun. We're not serious about the ball game until, of course, we have kickoff. But uh, in between times, we just want everybody to have a blast. Do you uh, impose a curfew on your team? No, they just got to be in by midnight. Coach Turf, one of the things you haven't had to deal with during the season is a, a crush of uh, media people, such as you'll have here at the Toilet Bowl game, a lot of uh, television and radio and newspaper reporters wanting your time. Well, that's right. You know, uh, there's been a lot of interviews so far this week, uh, uh, and I'm real glad that we can get to our program a lot more publicity, but I do want to point out that we was ready for that. You know, that's uh, anticipation of everything what was going to happen this week, so what we done is we decided we took it upon ourselves to take our public address announcer, Mr. Raffone, and we asked Mike if he would send our ball players through a little course and ask them how to be interviewed and teach them how to be on TV, how to be on radio, and how to talk to them newspaper folks. So your players uh, have have been instructed in uh, how to be interviewed. Well, that's right. You know, oh, uh, oh, well, Mike, he said that there was four words that the players needed to be sure and get into every interview. Uh, what, uh, what is that, Coach? Well, one was yep and one was nope, and the others, other two was you know. He said that as many as you know as you could get into the interview, the better the interview. Coach, I was wondering which of your players might have uh, been a standout in this uh, interview area. Well, you know, that was uh, linebacker Willis Smith, you know, number 52. reason he wears number 52, he once got 52 you-knows in an interview. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. <laughs> In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Cloudy and rainy. Say we've had over a half an inch of rain already. And it's 
not done yet. Nevertheless, 59 degrees outside, that's not too bad. May even climb up a few more to 64 as the day progresses. It's springtime, whatever happens will happen. pretty much any time of year. Now let me ask, Scott, is it officially springtime? No. No, when does that begin? It is not. I think it begins on, uh, let me take a look here. I think it's March 20th. Okay. So uh, what's that, two weeks from yesterday? Yeah, something like that. But a week from today, we start daylight savings time. Oh, yeah. Which means? Let's see, in the spring we spring forward. Yep. So at some point when it's nine something, it'll be ten something. Yep. New time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's coming up this Sunday, right around two o'clock Sunday morning. So if that were in effect right now, it'd be ten fifteen. Correct. I see. Well, whatever. Anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. Today is uh, March seventh. Now, um. Looking at the list here, today is National Cereal Day. My wife eats more cereal than anybody I've ever known. (laughs) Anyway, it's National Be Heard Day. National Flapjack Day. And National Crown Roast of Pork Day. None of those are too bad, are they? No. I'll have one of each. There you go. We'll get Chris on that. Um, let's see here. Historically, this date of March 7th, in the year 161, <laughs> that's a while ago, Roman Emperor Antonius Pius dies and is succeeded by co-emperors Marcus Aurelius and Lucius Verus, Verus, there we go. This was an unprecedented political arrangement in the Roman Empire. A few years later, in the year 1530, English King Henry's the eighth's divorce request is denied by the Pope. Wow, that would put those two at odds, wouldn't it? Yeah, one would think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 1876, Alexander Graham Bell receives a patent for the telephone here in the United States. 1912, Roald Amundsen. Now, am I saying his first name right? R-O-A-L-D. Roald? Roald. Roald. Probably. Edmondson. Anyway, he announces his discovery of the South Pole, located um, let's see, on 14th of December 1911. So he waited um, a couple months before announcing it. 1936, Adolf Hitler breaks the Treaty of Versailles, Versailles if you prefer, by sending troops into the Rhineland. Okay, birthday time. 
let's see who we have here. We've got um, three who have passed and one who is still alive. Let's go with the oldest one. Rob Roy. Born in, on this date in 1671, died in 1671? No, 1671. 1671. And died in 1734. <clears throat> um, hmm. Rob Roy. Rob Roy. Born in 1671 at uh, Loch Katrine. <laughs> that, sorry, made me think of Latrine. Yes, I, um, <laughs> it happened for me too. <laughs> Was the uh, son of third son of Lieutenant Colonel um, Rob Roy McGregor's uh, McGregor's inherited long arms and uh, great strength gave him much needed leadership qualities. So was he a baseball player? Um, apparently not. Okay. He probably could have been a pretty good one though. Okay. He uh, gave him abilities with the broadsword. That made his name known to many. He fought at the Killy Cranky. This sounds like a weird name. Killy Cranky. For Viscount sounds Dundee like a... at 1689 before joining the Lennox Watch. Killy Cranky sounds something like a cartoon, doesn't it? Kind of, yeah, or kind of a description of the way somebody's disposition may be at the time <laughs> yeah that's that's a good one too <laughs> okay let's see here let's just move on reinhard reinhard um h-e-y-d-r-i-c-h i'm i'm guessing from the uniform he was a german uh perhaps a nazi officer his years of life, 1904, his birth to 1942. And you would be correct. Reinhard Tristan Eugen Heiderich was a high-ranking German SS and police official during the Nazi era and the principal architect of the Holocaust. Oh, my. He was the chief of the Reich Security Main Office. He was also... I'm not even trying that. It's okay. about... 92 syllables and 38 letters long of Bohemia and Moravia. James Donnelly, born in 1816, died in 1880. James Donnelly. James Donnelly, what were the years again? 1816, his birth. Okay. 1880, his passing. The reason I ask, folks, is because there are multiple listings. I'll bet. James Donnelly's kind of a common name in some senses. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. Have we figured him out yet? He was uh, born in Ireland. All it is giving me is the genealogy um, information here, which we probably... Oh, let's see. I guess I go on here. Um, the family first lived in London, but by the mid-1840s, family set along the Roman line in Bidolf, 
James argued with neighbors over land ownership. And then there were some uh, murders that happened about that. And the court sentenced him to hang. But in the end, his sentence was commuted to seven years in the Kingston Penitentiary. Then he was eventually killed by a mob the early morning of February 4th, 1880. Not a very popular guy. No. Okay, the last person we have to mention, and the first female for the day, is still living, Rachel Weiss, W-E-I-S-Z. Today is her 52nd birthday. Nice-looking lady. Rachel Hannah Weiss is an English actress. She is the recipient of various accolades, including an Academy Award, a Golden Globe Award, a Screen Actors Guild Award, a Laurence Olivier Award, and a British Academy Film Award. And some of her movies include The Mummy, The Mummy Returns, and Black Widow. She sounds, was also sounds very dark. Yes, she was also in The Advocates, and has also been a voiceover character of The Simpsons. Yeah, okay. Animated classic. We went to see a movie this week. We hadn't done that for a long time. We went to see the new Batman. I see where that was the highest grossing film of the weekend, and it was uh, it was well done. It's not particularly my genre, but um, we had heard a great deal about it, so we tried. And it was nice. All right, let's see here. Two famous deaths to mention. One is, um, I think I remember this guy, Antonius Pius. He only lived a short time ago, 86 A.D. to 161 A.D., I think I combed his hair once. Oh, my. Um, Looks like it might have been hard to do. Yeah, it's made out of concrete in this picture. Yep, another granite head. Titus alias Hadrianus Antonius Pius. Mercy. Was a Roman emperor from 138 to 161. He was one of the five good emperors from the Nairva and Tonin dynasty. Born into a senatorial family, Antoninus held various offices during the reign of Emperor Hadrian, or Hadrian. Yeah, I think the latter is correct. Let's see. What was he best known for, you may inquire? Scott, what was he best known for? As well as piety or piety, he was well known as a Roman emperor for his peaceful approach to imperial management. Well, that's different. (laughs) It's not anything to do with growing corn or discovering land or indoor plumbing. And the last one we have to mention today is that of Stanley Kubrick. Um, This is a young picture of him um, holding a camera. He was born in 1928. He died in 1999. And mercy, what a number of great shows he did. Stanley Kubrick was an American film director, producer, screenwriter, and photographer. He is frequently cited as one of the greatest filmmakers 
In cinematic history, some of his works include 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Shining, A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> that was a crazy movie. Mm. <laughs> and Eyes Wide Shut. All right. Um, let's see, we've covered those. Um, we really must cover some of the current news. Uh, there's so much going on in the world, and we're concerned about so much of it. Um, first off, Russia eyes Odessa. A limited ceasefire in the Ukraine meant to evacuate residents from the port city of, let's see here, Mariupol, Mariupol. Um, and these rescue efforts collapsed twice over this weekend as Russian shelling continued to intensify across the country. As of this morning, the 40-mile-long Russian convoy remained stalled outside the capital of Kiev. You know, we've been hearing about this 40-mile caravan of military vehicles, bumper to bumper, for nearly a week. And the mere fact that it's broken down so many times, um, I would think is embarrassing to those who are in charge of it. Anyway, going on, officials say Russia is preparing to bomb the Black Sea port city of Odessa. It's the Ukraine's third largest city and home to more than one million residents. Separately, Russia took control of, now this will be hard to say, well, I'll just skip the name of it, but that nuclear power plant, you know, the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. United Nations officials said that more than 360 civilian deaths have now been confirmed though the number is likely higher. In fact, the Ukrainians are claiming that at least 2,000 people have died. U.S. officials yesterday said they were compiling evidence of potential war crimes by Russian troops. Meanwhile, an estimated one and a half million refugees have fled the country. Now, in Russia, more than 4,300 protesters were arrested during an anti-war demonstration yesterday, the highest single-day total during the conflict so far. So, Russians speaking out a bit, right? In the U.S., officials are considering a three-way deal involving Poland to send old fighter jets 
for the Ukrainian military to use. Well, that's what we've got at the moment on that story. Uh, Let's talk about COVID briefly. I did not bring in my chart today. However, the number of reported global deaths attributed to COVID-19 has now passed the 6 million mark overnight. That's according to data compiled by Johns Hopkins University. The symbolic mark was surprised, I'm sorry, surpassed just days shy of the two-year anniversary of the declaration of a global pandemic. Now, that occurred on March 11th, 2020. Now, how does the U.S. stand with that global 6 million? Well, the U.S. accounts for roughly 16% of the total reported deaths. Brazil is 10%, India 9%, Russia 6%, Mexico 5%. If, If I'm understanding this right, they're saying the U.S. has had the worst... I'm sorry, the heaviest toll of all the nations in the world. Going on, more than 445 million total cases have been reported. Experts say both cases and deaths are undercounted due to poor reporting in many areas. Excess death estimates suggest a true death toll ranging from 14 million to 23.5 million. Meanwhile, the number of new cases reported in the U.S. continues to fall. Yay. dropping below 50,000 per day. You see, we've had, you may have heard about this trucker convoy. It was protesting the COVID-19 related restrictions. Well, it arrived in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Officials said the vehicle circled the Capitol Beltway twice before departing without incident. Uh, Next topic, Iowa's had some tornadoes. You may have seen it on the news this morning or heard about it here. At least seven people were killed, two of which were children. But a number of others were injured after tornadoes ripped through central Iowa on Saturday. A lot of damage. Wind gusts 136 miles per hour. And some are saying it was the deadliest tornado in the state since 2008. 
Some of the hail, think of this now, the size of a baseball. Mm. That would hurt. Yes. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> there goes my phone. I think I'll set that group over there. Um, forgive me just a moment while I check and make sure it's nothing overly critical. And it is. Okay. Um, so I use several different sources each morning to look at the national and international news. I've just uh, picked up my um, reports from the New York Times now, where I was using a different source before. And the statement that they start out with is, we look at why the West didn't try harder to prevent the invasion of Ukraine. So they go on. Was there any way to prevent the horrific war in the Ukraine? Recent history offers at least a partial answer, and it's one that is also relevant to the future of global stability. But let's start with the past. In the summer of 1990, the autocratic leader of the country with a powerful military decided to take over a weaker neighbor. If the armed conflict had remained between only those two countries, the invaders would have easily won. Instead, the International Military Coalition, which was led by the United States, quickly came together. Its leaders declared that the invasion would not be allowed to stand because one country could not simply annex another. Within months, the invaders had been defeated. Now, there are certainly differences between Saddam Hussein's Iraq in 1990 and Vladimir Putin's Russia in 2022. Some of those differences make Russia harder to confront, especially its nuclear arsenal. But other differences suggest that Putin's aggression toward Ukraine should have been more likely than Hussein's takeover of Kuwait to inspire an international military coalition. For one thing, the Iraqi invasion was shockingly swift. It began in the middle of the night, and Iraq controlled Kuwait within 48 hours. Putin's invasion, by contrast, required months of buildup, accurately analyzed by U.S. intelligence agencies, giving the world enough notice to at least try to prevent it, Second, Kuwait is a small authoritarian emirate, representing few grand political ideals, also in a war-torn region. Ukraine is a democracy of more than 40 million people, 
on what was largely a peaceful continent home to major democracies. So, these factors make it possible to envision a very different series of events over the past few years. Once Putin's mobilization inside Russia began, a Western coalition could have sent troops to Ukraine. He who wants peace must prepare for war, said Evelyn Farkas, a Pentagon official in the Obama administration. She wrote in January calling for a 1990-style coalition. Only a balance of military power, a deterrent force, and a political will to match can keep war at bay. It would seem she was correct. Putin is someone who responds to brute force. Yes, such a showdown would have carried some big risks. Confronting a nuclear power is not easy. But there is a long history of successfully doing so, dating um, to the Cold War. Um, and, of course, the lack of a military response also carried big risks, which have now turned into terrible costs. Thousands of Ukrainians and Russians have died. More than two million Ukrainians have fled their homes. Cities are being destroyed and nuclear plants attacked. Given all of this, it's striking that Western allies gave so little consideration to a bolder attempt to stop Putin. They merely pleaded with him not to invade and threatened relatively modest economic sanctions, which have since become more aggressive. What did he do? He scoffed at them. Well, is it ever possible to do something perfectly? I mean, you, you, you have a goal, but you don't know how to accomplish it with the least amount of damage, you know? Yeah. That's what the, the goal is, to try to do things. Well, I, try, I always try to do the right thing the right way, but sometimes it doesn't always happen right. the way you would like it to. Right. That's life. Well. Unfortunately. Difficult. Yep. Um, you see, we were, we were talking about taxes the other day. Oh, by the way, I got to stop for a minute. Oh, I brought the program and then I left it in my on my desk. Um, Scott, can I ask you to run an errand? Sure. Okay, <clears throat> it's it's not on my desk. Back on the guest chair of the desk next to me. Okay. Is the bag I carry my computer in. Okay. And if you reach in there, there's a program from a play that was this weekend. It okay. Has, it has a colorful uh, cover. Okay. But it's about the, this size. 
Okay. Okay. No surprises in that bag or anything. <laughs> Am I gonna get no, in something funky no, in there no, or anything? No snakes or liberty. Or like a half burnt cigar or something. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll be right back. Good because I want to mention that show. Okay, let's see here. Um, in the meantime, let's do this. Uh, this is from Wallet Hub. And you know I've used them for some years now. They do studies, and I find them very helpful with a show such as this. So it starts out, whether you see it as a civic duty, a necessary evil, or a cause for, for a few choice expletives, it's no surprise that most of us dislike taxes and the time we're supposed to do them, tax time. From the expense and hassle of the process to questions of fairness and fears of basic math, there are many reasons for our April angst. On top of those normal worries, COVID-19 has had an impact as well. As 44, 44 million people expect to pay this year taxes late due to the pandemic. But just how much do we dislike taxes in tax collectors? And what would we do to get out of paying? In a search of answers of, of those questions and more Wallet Hub conducted nationally representative survey of over 350 taxpayers, here's what they learned. You find it? Key stats, 72% of Americans think the government should have provided more tax relief due to COVID-19. 81% of people say the government does not spend their tax dollars wisely. Half the people polled would move to a different state to avoid or lessen taxes. 48% of Americans think their neighbors cheat on their taxes. 66% of people think their current tax rate is too high. Okay. So as we said, 44 million people expect to pay their this year's taxes late due to COVID. Um, 27% of people say getting audited as well as not having enough money, which is 27%, uh, are their biggest tax fears, edging out making a math mistake, 26% at the top of the list. Our biggest tax day fears are getting audited, which is 27%, not having enough money, 26, 27%, a math mistake, 26%, and identity theft, 27%. 
20%. Tax-free American dreams. 38% would move to a different country and 20% would take a vow of celibacy. <laughs> See here. Okay. What will we do for a tax free future? <laughs> it says thirty eight percent would get an IRS tattoo. <laughs> oh dear. Thirty seven percent moved to a different country. We said that. Twenty percent a vow of celibacy. 19% would stop talking for six months. 15% say they would name their child taxes. And 9% claim they would clean prison toilets for three years. <laughs> oh, dear. That's pretty desperate there. Yeah. cheat on their taxes enough, they will be cleaning those toilets for a few years. Half of people would move to a different state to avoid taxes. Oh, I okay. should say if they get caught. Things we like more than the IRS. In-laws. 56%. I told you, this is a little crazy. Cold, yeah, it is. Cold showers. 46%. Traffic jams, 40%. And snakes and spiders, 36%. <laughs> What's the number one factor for most people deciding where to live? Is the cost of living, 38%. Ten times more than taxes, which is 4%. Oh, this is terrible. 48% cheat on their taxes. I use an accountant. And a good one. And he'd take a swing at me if he saw me doing that. I swear he would. That's why he's my friend. I don't want to ever get in trouble like that. Okay, is the IRS necessary? There's lots of room for improvement, but 44% say it is. Should it be abolished? 18% would like that. I hate it, but we need it. 17%. They're doing a fine job. 14%. They're doing a great job. 7%. So I guess there's not a real high opinion of them, right? Uh, it certainly indicates that. What would we rather do than our taxes? 50% said jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say root canal. Uh, well, I don't know. That may be on here. Could be. 35% would prefer to miss a connecting flight than pay their taxes. 
19% said they'd rather spend a night in jail. 17% said they'd rather swim with sharks. And 15% they said they would rather drink expired milk. This is one weird study. Mm-hmm. What, uh, rather, who would make the best use of your tax dollars? 33% of people think charities would make the best use of their tax dollars, outnumbering by nearly two and a half times people that trust the federal government the most with their taxes. So, what's the trust factor or tax envy rate? 33% to charity, 32% to local government, 22% to state government, and then we hit the bottom, 13% for federal government. Okay, 66% of people think their current tax rate is too high. 24% think it's just right. And 10% thinks it's too low. Sixty-six percent of Americans agree that the middle class people pay their fair share. Well, all right, so much for that. Folks, we had the pleasure over the weekend to attend a show. That was staged right here in Athens. It was put on by the Actors Movable Theater. Um, I think they had three performances. Friday and Saturday night, and then Sunday, a matinee. We attended the matinee. Where did the show take place? It took place in the Southeast Ohio History Center. They're at the corner of Congress and State, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> um, most, ma- many of the people in the show you would have known. Um, my neighbor, Paula Lockhart, who in her career has been in showbiz a lot. I think she principally wrote this show. This is a musical now. And it took place in Singapore in December of 1941 and January and February of 42. So a three-month period of time lapsed between the start and end of the show. Uh, This was a very uniquely done show. Now, let's see here. Anna Caldwell was the leading lady. 
and she did a remarkable job. The leading man, if you will, was Tom Quinn. Um, a number of people in the... Um, here. Let me answer this. And hey, man, I'm on the air. I'll call you back. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, the 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 pit orchestra or pit band. Um, golly, there must have been uh, eight pieces in the band. Maybe there were ten. Uh, many of them had roles in the show itself. Um, Michael Tobar, for example, Ken Dean. Not only did Michael play the piano, but he also sang a lot and actually acted on the set. Same was true for Ken Dean. Um, Julia Kelly was uh, terrific. The whole show was really well done. And we can be so pleased with our Southeast Ohio S History Center. They do so many neat things. And, um, you know, we had, uh, I saw uh, Robin Barnes there who was helping with um, the setup and everything. She's an alum, an alum of our station. Rusty Smith was there. He's an alum of our station. Both of them have did have been with WEB more recently. Uh, Rusty was a guitar player. He had a line or two. Kay Carter, Ted Harris, Harry Downs. Anyway, it goes on and on. What a nice show. And uh, congratulations to everyone who was engaged with that. I didn't see anybody who didn't look like they had had a good time. All right. Should we talk Bobcat basketball? I think it's important <clears throat> to do so before our show's over. Yes. Another surprising loss Friday night at Northern Illinois. By one point, the men's team I'm speaking of. Yes. Well, the ladies, I think, were beaten, too. Uh, so clunk, another clunker of a weekend for Bobcat basketball and Ohio State basketball, both men's and women's games. Uh, the men's basketball Bobcats have uh, dropped to the number three seed and will now play number six seed Ball State. And that game will be played on Thursday. They're estimating the time to be right around 630. Okay. Uh, TV will be ESPN+. Plus. So, again, you'll need a subscription to do that. Leading off the uh, tournament will be Tol number one, Toledo, versus number eight, Central Michigan, followed by number four, Akron, versus number five, Buffalo, followed by number two, Kent State, and number seven, Miami. And uh, Ohio, should they defeat Ball State, which I certainly would hope they would, um, will play the winner of Kent State and Miami, which uh, – will likely be Kent State, but uh, Miami's tough in the tournament. Then, uh, should the Bobcats win, they will play 
right around, uh, I'm going to say 7.30 Friday evening following the game between uh, the number one winner and game number two winner, which would be the uh, Toledo, Central Michigan, Akron, Buffalo games right there. And uh, then the Kent State, Miami, Ohio Ball State game will be in the bottom, which would be the game three versus game four winner. And again, Friday night, right around 7.30. These games will be on the CBS Sports Network channel on Friday night only. Mm -hmm. So, and then Saturday, the championship at 7.30 at uh, ESPN2's channel uh, will be the winners of Friday night's game. So, what we're looking at is essentially uh, the Bobcats, should they keep winning, uh, I'm guessing they will play Kent State Friday night. Should they beat Kent State, I think they will be facing uh, Toledo in the championship game. So and all these games played up in Cleveland, folks. Yes, at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Beautiful place, and um, tickets are available. Yeah, it's where the Cavaliers play. Ohio State got beat yesterday. They slipped to the number six seed, the men's basketball Buckeyes, and uh, they will play, I believe it's on Thursday night, and I know we're out of time, right around 6.30 Thursday. Women's teams? Uh, Ohio Bobcats women's team, uh, they are in that by de- default of a weird setup of the tournament there, and uh, they will play on March 10th. All right. Folks, we'll see you again tomorrow, right here on the In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A fireball crashing to the ground in Ukraine's eastern city of Kharkiv. Military officials there say it was a downed Russian jet crashing in flames. The U.N. says more than 600 civilians have now been killed in the war. Correspondent Charlie Dagata is in Kyiv. We're hoping to visit the hospital where dozens of people have been treated. They are literally shelling residential neighborhoods with weapons that aren't directed. And wherever they land, they land. Families who could escape have already fled. Those who could not sought shelter at a children's holiday camp. A million and a half Ukrainians have left the country. Most have gone to Poland. Correspondent Steve Futterman is in Medica. More than a million refugees have now entered Poland alone, far more than any other country. This morning, this man came with his family. Today, no sleep. He brought his five-year-old son. It's my boy, yeah, Valera. His sister was with him, too. No, 